Hello, my name is Kevin Cook and welcome to the September edition of Access Live. We're blessed to have our city manager, Tony Delgado, in the studio with us here at City Hall. Tony, how are you today? Very good, Kevin. How are you doing today? Fantastic. So last week we had our first budget hearing. Yes. Um, as part of that, the city commission set the maximum millage at five, and we have it up, yes. 5.5644 mills per every thousand dollars of assessed value. assessed value correct so tell us a little bit about what's in this year's budget well the budget meeting was quite lively and I think there's still a lot of discussion to be had our next budget session will be September 20th at 6 p.m. here at City Hall here at City Hall in the chambers and I still think there's a lot of discussion uh, that's set to, uh, to be part of the overall final ratification of what the maximum millage rate is and what the budget is set to do uh, a lot of things in the budget, not a lot of new employees. There's a handful of new employees that we've had to go ahead and, and secure really in the areas of community development, permitting operations, uh, you know, some communications areas in the LPD and our police departments, but nothing uh, of significance. Matter of fact, we were still below where we were almost 10 years ago with the number of employees working for the city, which means we're being efficient and economical, even as the city grows, just got word last week that the city is now officially and uh, via census <laughs> more almost just under a hundred and six thousand people in the okay city. so residents a hundred six thousand people so we continue to grow and government continues to maintain so about about ten years ago we were a ninety three thousand population and here we are at a hundred and six so in that point in time population is growing yet our Full-time employees are less than where we were 10 years ago. Right. We're trying to be efficient, economical, trying to do things with less when we can. Obviously, a big portion of our budget is personnel, I think. Right. In order to do the things that we do, you need people with boots on the ground in order to get those done, whether it's public safety, police and fire, or maintaining our beautiful parks, uh, or just making sure we're filling potholes and picking up garbage. You need personnel to do that. So a big majority of our general fund what you'll see in next year's budget is really personnel driven. Uh, we have some projects coming right. along. I mean, we're going to be looking at the new uh, downtown dog park. Central, Central Bark. Park. Central Bark is coming out, so we're going to start engineering working on that. Um, we also are looking at our coffee house opening up very soon at the library. Can't wait to go ahead and see that. It's exciting, especially I have a black and blue card. Maybe I can utilize it there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and then there are going to be a lot of projects directly aimed at economic development. You know, little infrastructure projects going around downtown, looking at road corridor projects, uh, possibly even some, and knock on wood, we're hoping to, to kick off a new garage downtown. Uh, which would be a public-private partnership with some of our partners downtown. So there's there's a lot of exciting things coming down the pike. The issue, all obviously, is always budget and millage, right? And maintaining a fair millage. The five point five six four four has been our millage since 2016. And prior to that, we were maintaining a pretty set millage. The only time millage increases have really happened over the last 15 years, per se is if they're public safety related, meaning we need more firefighters or police officers. Right. Or coming out of the recession, we had lowered our reserve, and the reserve philosophy is what the commission is, uh, the former commission well, current A lot manager, of debate on that. Uh, 45 to 60 right. days cash in on, on hand, and so we wanted to get to that point. So three years ago, that was implemented, and thus we had to raise millage in order to maintain that reserve philosophy and to get out of the recession and make sure we had ample funds getting out of the recession. A couple of 
notables I'd really like for our viewers to know that uh, public safety, which is our police and fire department, and Parks and Rec make up 71% yeah. of our general fund budget. budget. Yeah. That's and, a lot. And so, and like I said, general fund, personnel driven. Right. Have to have the people in place in order to make some of the wonderful quality of life things happen. And that falls in public safety and parks and rec. It's pretty much what we've been for many, many years. Right. And another takeaway I want the viewers to have is only 6% of our budget is made up from property taxes. That's right. We, have, <laughs> we still have one of the most economical property taxes in our region and in the state. Right. Got to say thank you to many of our enterprise funds. Having Lakeland Electric, having water and wastewater, having our solid waste operations have provides dividends to the general fund right. that, that help us keep that down and also all the charges for service. So anytime you get a bill from the city, somehow, some way, that's also keeping the, that millage rate down a little bit too. So you mentioned uh, when you're talking about the budget, some infrastructure. I want to also let our viewers know that uh, our Lake Crago, which is our northernmost new recreational complex it's going to be really cool you're Great going to regional hear, park yeah. you're going to hear more of that in the near future but we're going to see some some dirt overturned coming up in october i understand yep yep hopefully phase two of lake crago this will bring in a more recreation component phase one was primarily dog, dog park, park dog park <laughs> yeah. but phase two be more of a recreational component and what we're striving to do is really do some outdoor recreation yeah uh, when when you hear outdoor recreation i'm not talking ball fields I'm talking more nature. I'm talking more being able to utilize the lake that is there, um, giving people some more conservation-related opportunities, just like Wetland 7 uh, Park allowed us to yeah. go ahead, 7 Wetlands Park, excuse right. me, allowed us to go ahead and do, having that on the north side. Ultimately, you'll have the ballparks, and you'll have the concession stands, you'll have that, and that'll be part, somewhat part of Phase 2 also. But what I'm excited about is phase two is just not going to be ballparks. We're right. going to have some outdoor recreation. We're going to have what's known as an outdoor activity center, and it's going to be really, really cool. So look for that in the near future. Tony also mentioned downtown infrastructure. I want to talk a little bit about a cool project that we've got coming up where as we uh, always look at helping those in the downtown area and meeting the needs. Uh, our viewers may not understand, but our downtown, decades old, century old, and we have very old plumbing there. And we're going to be closing South Kentucky between Main Street and Lemon Street starting next Monday. And the reason for that is we're putting in a sanitary sewer line for one of our newly established businesses down there. But it's kind of cool because we've got a partnership here with some city funds, some private funds of the, uh, the uh, owner of the building are coming together to make this happen. You know, we're changing a lot downtown. I mean, the, we're seeing a lot more... Uh, restaurants and uh, nightlife facilities, sure. and pubs and those type of things, and so it's making downtown more vibrant. Downtown doesn't close up at five o'clock anymore. And I know 30 years ago, 35 years ago, that was kind of the scene. Downtown closed up. People worked downtown. They went home. It's really changing, and because of that change, we're finding that the infrastructure that's currently in place uh, it has some deficiencies. And you're right. That's a good word. Yeah, some of it. <laughs> Some that's of it, a kind word. Right, that's it. Some of it's 100 years old. <laughs> right. And the pipe exactly. under there is 100 years old. The pipe was put in place. The infrastructure was put in place for what downtown used to be. Now we're seeing the need for increased need for water and wastewater and electric utilities and gas and all those type of things because of the type of businesses coming to town. Come to find, we had one business uh, who had some of those deficiencies in water and wastewater. Uh, the connection was really to the building the way it used to be. Right. 
this is going to allow us to give them an independent connection so that they can do the things they need to do in their restaurant and bar. Um, and we're seeing a lot of this through the city. We, just a few years back, had to do a major modification, rehabilitation to Pres Preservation Alley in order to get the restaurants such as, you know, Cafe Roadie, right. uh, The Loft, uh, at the time, Post 09. We just did some work for Federal Moho Bar yeah, and Moho. things of that nature. So with the change in downtown, what's coming downtown, what's making it more vibrant, we're now having to take a look at that old infrastructure and figure out how do we can meet the needs of today that were once the needs of 50 or 100 yeah, years yesterday. Yeah. Uh, something that's been in the news quite a bit lately, we've had a number of swans and a pedestrian who was severely injured right. um, around Lake Morton. So we're asking our drivers to please pay attention because it seems like most of the incidents that are happening are distracted drivers or drivers not paying attention. But today kicked off something as we are looking at that issue. We started a traffic study today to to really review all traffic patterns around that lake. And I just want to touch base with Tony real quickly while he's here. Well, you know, we're growing. We just talked about that a little bit. And with growth comes things such as traffic concerns. Right. It's just not in downtown. It's just not at Lake Morton. I mean, it's all over the city. We hear about it on South Florida. We hear about it on Hard Boulevard. We hear about it all the way to Bartow Highway and the areas around Lake Collingswood. What's happening, unfortunately, is we're seeing some uh, some accidents happen. We're losing some of our swans. Having the pedestrian accident was uh, really alarming. Most unfortunate. Yeah, yeah but, but losing our swans is also just as alarming. They are kind of the signature of our community, and this is the area they inhabit. Uh, so we're look, looking at traffic study around Lake Morton. We'll probably tie a little bit into the downtown corridor, too. Part of that is safety, but part of that is being able to safe movement of automobiles and pedestrians. And so you'll hear a lot about that, I think, in the next coming weeks. We're not ready to go ahead and say we're going to put big curb cuts and right. calming devices and putting stop lights and stop signs everywhere because we know the movement still has to be smooth. I think you hit it on the head. The one thing that I would hope, not just the folks viewing, but the folks seeing us on Facebook and the folks reading the articles is, Distracted driving, distracted driving, excuse me, is really being a, a culprit in a lot of these things, and not just around Lake Morton, throughout the city. So, viewers, traf traffic incidents are up 10 to 15% due to distracted That's drivers. All around the city. So, put your phones down and pay attention. And put your hands. What was it? Was it? What was the old moniker? 10 and 12 10 or 10 and, 10 and 2? 10 and 2. 10 and 2. <laughs> 10 and 2. Exactly. So, and so, but, but understand. Even without our northern visitors, we're getting to be a bigger city. Yes. There's 6,000 people. There's a lot of people who live and work here, and a lot of people use our traffic corridors. So real quickly, uh, we have a traffic study going on. That's phase one of what we're looking at uh, as some possible safety enhancements for Lake Morton. It's unfortunate that we've had seven swans hit, five of which have been fatalities, but really alarming, as Tony stated, was we had a pedestrian that was severely injured, yep. and they're still in the hospital. And it's the, it's not. It doesn't seem to be speeding. It really seems to be distracted drivers. So please pay attention while you're out there. Well, Tony, I want to thank you as thank always. You. I know you got a full agenda you're, today. You're, you're doing a fantastic people. job. Thank you, sir. And our next, our oh, we have a question. Hang on. Since more concerned about swans and human beings, I've complained to LPD coach about speeding near SC Southeastern University. And, and I and I can tell you if I may, if I can, if I can use this platform to do that. We're not worried. We're not more concerned about the no. swans than human beings. Human, human, 
human loss, human accidents, pedestrian accidents is definitely on the forefront of what our public safety folks take a look at. You know, taking a look at traffic is not an easy thing to do. Taking a look at traffic, you got to understand whether that corridor has many more cars on it, what those speeds are, and what type of traffic calming devices really work, Kevin. I mean, people think you got to put a, put a speed hump there and it should do right. the trick. A lot of times that doesn't do the trick. A lot of times it doesn't meet with the needs of the community and the neighborhood that's around it. People say, well, put up a, a stop sign. Well, here's what I want to tell Thomas. Do that too. Um, Thomas, what we'll do is we'll bring one of our traffic engineers yes, on please. for next month. I'm going to look at bringing David Uria or someone in from traffic engineering, and we're going to talk about the various techniques and the processes of what you need to do to get a traffic calming area in your neighborhood. So please stay tuned and watch us again next month. I promise that's going to be one of our guests. But Thomas, it's important. Believe me. Absolutely. So once again, Thanks, sir. thank you, Tony. And we're going to bring in our next guest, and that is Robin Tillett with the Lakeland Police Department. Hello, Robin. How are Hi. you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. How's life at LPD? Life is good. Come closer. This is television. Okay. <laughs> close. And I am pulling up your website now, so I have a little bit of a background. Here we are. Look at that with the Blue Angels. Is a Motor unit, but sun and fun. So Robin was going to be our guest last month, but it just so happened to coincide with the first week of school, and LPD was super busy and uh, out there making sure that our drivers were paying attention to our new young students that were out and about. And that's one thing I want to talk about today, and is our SROs and having police officers in schools. Absolutely. So Robin. Tell us about the process and, and what schools are covered by the Lakeland Police Department. Well, actually we have 15 officers that we refer to as resource officers. 12 of those officers are dedicated to our local schools. All middle schools and our Lakeland Senior High and Harrison have a dedicated officer assigned to them. And those would be the schools that are inside the city limits? Correct. All right. Um, the elementary schools and those outside are covered either by the Guardian program with the Sheriff's Office or the uh, Sheriff's Office also has school resource officers. And our school resource officers do much more than just police the halls, don't they? Correct. <laughs> yes. Um, and actually, that is probably the biggest benefit. We know our school resource officers are 100% focused on safety, making sure kids have a safe learning environment. But so much of their time is built, uh, spent building relationships, breaking down some of those stereotypes, being a mentor, you know, a resource for a kid that might be needing, you know, just someone to listen to them. And don't we have some anti-gang type of environment or, or, or uh, curriculum is really what I should have said that our SROs do as well? We do. I will tell you our, our unit this year, it's got some new faces, which is great. You've probably seen some of them. Um, we've had some transfers from the other units within the department, which is great. We have um, officers with a variety of backgrounds from SWAT, uh, CID. So we've got some new guys on there. They seem to be having fun uh, getting started this year. But yes, some of our SROs are trained in the GREAT program, which is uh, gang resistance education and training program. 
Um, and that is available to the schools. You know, we try to be in there as much, but we're also cognizant that schools have their sure. schedules and their training needs. So now, are, is the great program? Are, do our SROs work on that with with all ages, or is that more of a elementary or middle school programming, or what is that? Well, because we're now primarily in the middle schools, it would be targeted gotcha. towards uh, middle school and sometimes into the high school programs. Well, that's good to know. And what about bus safety? That's something we preach all the time. People Absolutely. don't pay too much attention to that. And you really need two drivers? <laughs> yes. Um, the, the first thing I could say about bus safety is just put down the distractions. We're trying to get kids to school. Other parents are, you know, if they, you're running late or something, but you got to pay attention to those school buses. Um, we've posted uh, numerous reminders of what those rules and regulations are, including the fines if you violate that. We actually have it pinned on the top of our Facebook page right now to remind people, um, don't pass the school buses. And there's there's some rules too about medians and things of that nature. Yes. And if you are unsure, just Google it and, and, and just adhere to the traffic laws. Especially, we got a lot of young kids getting off a bus and they really sometimes don't look both ways and they'll just cross the street. So it's really up to you drivers to pay attention and, and look out for our young students. Yeah, because if it doesn't have a raised barrier, meaning a grass or a curb between those four-lane roads, you need to stop. Even In if all directions! <laughs> even if you're coming the opposite side of the road, not on the side of the school bus. Right. Because many people just think of the kids getting off the bus on the side that the door is on. But a lot of kids have to cross in front of buses, and we just want to make sure that they're safe. Well, this is a question that's come up to us before when we talked about having you on here or how are our SROs, how, how's their funding? Is that provided by the state because of the, the new laws or do we take care of that funding? <laughs> we are taking care of that funding. Again, the Sheriff's Office um, with the Guardian program has that for the elementary schools. We actually have uh, the 12 SROs in our schools. We have two college resource officers dedicated to Florida Southern and that was requested and funded by the college. Okay. And then we have Officer Fred Lewis who is dedicated to the Police Athletic League. And um, But yes, we're, we're covering those and you know, it's just like the rest of us. If we've got a sick day or a reason to be out, we still have to cover all those positions. So we've, we've got a great system in place to do that to ensure the schools are covered at all times. Do we still have a dedicated truancy officer or are they kind of mixed in? <laughs> They're kind of mixed in. Um, we in the past did have a dedicated truancy officer and, and we really tell everybody that's all of our responsibility. If you <laughs> see a, a, a student out that doesn't look like they're, you know, they look like they're supposed to be in school and they're not where they need to be. Caleb um, Cook. <laughs> we definitely want to know about that. And, and that's what's so great. Like every school is a little different. They're kind of like their own little cities. They all have their own personalities. And our SROs are very much a part of that school family. They know the students that go there. They know if, you know, you're not where you're supposed to be or you see kids kind of regress and something's going on. So they're, they're very ingrained in the schools that they're assigned to. So Robin, we had a lot of questions leading into the new school year. Mm -hmm. It's probably a good thing you weren't here last month <laughs> because a lot of the, the questions that we were getting have already sort of been ironed out regarding backpacks and things yes. of that nature. So that's already, you know, school's been in for a good month and that's, we understand that kids can take backpacks to school. Yes. And so a, a lot of those early concerns have been really come to fruition because of the school board made decisions. Yes. And a lot of that we are. We, we are very much a liaison, you know, with the school board. We're, we're there to make sure we're doing, you know, what they need us to do and we're doing what we need to do. Um, so it's really a great partnership. Um, 
I can't say enough about the SROs. They're kind of that proactive force when we're dealing with kids at a young age, so we're not dealing with a problem 10 years from now. They're in that early stage with right. the child. Right, and you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said relationships, and it's really their, one of their first points of contact with law enforcement. It is, it absolutely is, and um, it's so great. I know we post stories all the time, and you guys do too, about our SROs, and we'll have people that have been out of school 10 years, and people remember their school resource officer, and that's because they had a great relationship there. Awesome. So, we got any upcoming events for the police department? Um, actually, we had one this past you Friday. Did. We want to thank everyone that came out for our canine benefit. We had a great turnout for that. Um, we don't know yet how much money we raised, but um, it was a great event. We have canine regional trials are coming back to Lakeland in February, so mm -hmm. definitely look for that information. We'll have the big public demo and all that after. The so meeting. tell tell our viewers exactly what that is. Um, every year our canine team competes in a state competition um, in obedience, uh, apprehension, all those skills that you need to be a canine handler and canine officer, and it rotates around the state. And so it's coming back to Lakeland in February. It'll be a week-long series of training and competition. You know, it's got to be a competition. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to say we have the best team, so... Um, thankfully, right now we hold uh, the top dog title with Knox. Uh, he has is the current title holder, and actually they're getting ready to go to nationals next week to compete. So, and those of you who may not know, we have award-winning canine and SWAT. So you're very well taken care of here within the city of Lakeland. <laughs> yeah, and of course we invite everybody. Uh, to follow us on our Facebook page, Lakeland PD, and send us any questions that you might have that are not covered in this interview, but um, we'll definitely get the answers for you. Well, Robin, thank you for being our guest today, and I'd love Absolutely. to have you in the very near future. Absolutely. Good Thanks seeing you, as always. And our next guest is Mayor Mutz, and he's coming in. We're going to talk a little bit about... Let me, hello, gang. Hello. How, how are, are you, you, sir? I'm great. Awesome. Yes, sir. Awesome. Excited to be here with you. It's a fun time. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to pull up real quickly. Well, we're here today to talk about the One Lakeland Economic Inclusion Summit. Yes, we are. And so um, we want to be able to kind of talk about what has been and what we expect to happen in this next one. So share with us a little bit about the Economic Inclusion Summit. Well, let's talk about the why first of why have an Economic Inclusion Summit and is, is it just one more thing? <clears throat> because from my perspective, what it'll help you understand what we're trying to accomplish with this. In our first one, we really talked about on a community basis, uh, kind of some of the things that are in place. And then we turned around and did some listening to what people would like to ha see happen differently. So we walked away with a lot of good points, although one of the things we walked away with was saying we spent too much time talking, not enough time listening. Okay. And this is going to morph as we go because we really don't necessarily know how all this looks as we're learning, but primarily I'd like you to think about it is these inclusion summits are not for the typical silos of economic opportunity that already exist and have plenty of voice. This is for us to read its inclusion, economic inclusion. How do we get to voices that n feel like they never get heard, issues that we're completely ignoring, uh, and not intentionally necessarily, right. unintentionally, and how do we create a toolbox and describe of what exists 
versus what we might be able to produce. So what's missing in the toolbox? So you is this, would you think it's some, it's a, a, a summit for new business owners or those that are out there that may not know how to navigate certain nuances yes, with the city? Yes. Okay. So principally, this is for people who feel like I can't be involved in an economic summit. I don't even know what to talk about. All I can tell you is I'd love to start this business over here and I have no idea what to do and how to do it and I don't have people in my world that really can help me much with this or at least I maybe they're out there I just don't know them well enough I'm not going to talk to them we want to find out where can we create some bridges that really help equip people to be able to do some things that it's their dream but there's no connectedness gotcha and find how do we connect to that well I know that as probably in the last 10 years working with the city of Lake I've really seen a a more customer-centric focus, no and question. this is just adding to that. Tony has done a great job in he leading has. that charge. Listen, he, and, he has. and it doesn't mean, let's just go off the side on this issue for a second, it doesn't mean we don't have some spots occasionally that we don't do that well. You have to know it's our desire to do that well. Sure. And in every case, if we're one-off, let's fix the one-off and get it right. And yeah. I think we have a city that's pretty much on board. We I do. hear tons of positive things for every very few negative ones we hear. And there's some negative ones and we need to fix them. And we'll right. fix each and every one of them. Well, I, I, I find out a lot too that, with especially with new businesses, and it's good that we're doing these, these summits, but a lot of individuals may have a dream, but they don't really realize exactly how much working capital you may need to start a business. And, and that's one of the, even when you talk to the Small Business Institute, the chamber, that seems to be one of the, the, the biggest issues of a failing business. And so it's very important that not only do we have this inclusion, but we go in there with a smart business plan. Yes, and you know, sometimes the way you come away with is, really, that was a dream. Now that I, <laughs> now that I know more, now, this I don't, is reality. I don't want to do that. You know, and, and or maybe I should do it with a partner, or maybe I should do it in an existing business first, or maybe I should work sure. in that industry first and then do, decide to do it in some way and learn on someone else's money. That's all part of what we want to talk about. And we want students in this. We want dreamers in this. I made a couple notes that I want to make sure... I include, we want a broad amount of diversity in this. This is what's really in our hearts in getting this done is that. Um, and that doesn't mean just ethnic diversity, that means diversity in interests. Yeah. Uh, we want sectors uh, across the city involved. We want to have the disabled community to be able to be involved. You know, we have some reasons that we need to do things differently in those regards. We have to continue to be reminded, oops, we're missing something uh, there. Moms that have kids to take care of and they have a second job that doesn't always fit the same uh, working hours sure. and how can they be involved, which is why, by the way, we're having it at two different times. This is, In other words, this is going to be the second session at two different times. And only September 22nd is the first one That's from 9 to 11 at the Lake Electric Building on the first floor and conference rooms 1A and 1B. So that's September 22nd, 9 to 11 and conference room 1A, 1B at the Lake Electric Building. And then it's also September 25th, which will be the very same session, only just we're going to redo it with that, that group of people that are in the room from 6 to 8 in the evening. And that is a request from people who say, I just can't get there during the day. We're going to need a time to try and get away from work by 5, hopefully, but go a little long. Maybe you can get off that night a little earlier and get to LE so that we can start at 6 and be done by 8. So... September 22nd is a Saturday, so all you college football fans, if I know if you're, you're, you're sitting by the television watching college game day, you can come during the evening. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. So some people, it's it's been said, some people will watch a football game over attending an economic inclusion summit, which is somewhat hard to believe. Yeah, unheard of. Unheard of. But but if that's the case, then we have Tuesday for you. All right. Well, any other in well, initiatives it's been, you it's, want to talk about? It, it, we just got over the, the our first budget hearing, which yes, was it was uh, uh, lengthy. It was lengthy, and you know you have some neophytic leadership involved in that process as well. I'll take some responsibility for that because we're learning, I'm learning how you manage through issues and budget processes and sunshine and differences of opinion and how many issues we can roll together to vote on at the same time. Sure. So during that budget hearing, the first one, we set the millage rate not to exceed 5.5644, which is the same millage rate that we have today and we've had for since 2016. That's so our max. That's the max. It cannot exceed that. So that's that's what we've said. But there's still a lot to talk about and we have our next budget hearing on September 20th and here at City Hall at 6 p.m. So if you're out and about and want to come learn about your government and how to be informed and engaged, please come out. Can I make one? Do I have a couple yeah. minutes? Yes, and we got a question coming in. Okay, so good, good. Well, I, well, should we do the question first and then I make a pitch on that? Is this no, about, no, no, do your okay. thing first. So on the, um, I'm going to make one more round on homelessness initiative. We did not approve that in our um, meeting that we had, but we can still incorporate it on the 20th. And. Um, I am concerned about really the ability to translate this into dollars well spent. I think many times we think about homelessness as just being visible people in front of us in the park or panhandlers and, and that's a small group of those of people, but it isn't the really large group of homelessness we want to um, help and nurture. That's the people that really whose lives have been involved in some kind of a dysfunctional event, who need to get their feet back on the ground, who have to get to transitional housing, and that as a community, I believe personally, we have a responsibility to try and help. That group of people and the initiatives that we identified using a consulting firm and then our own Homeless Initiative Steering Committee that unanimously sure. supported the first four recommendations out of 25 is what we're trying to have be involved in that ask. If you study this issue and look at these, I can tell you confidently all four of these things are things that I strongly believe we should do. Please let your commissioners know if you think that as well so that they can hear from you uh, about the need to try and take our first step. We've done nothing for over a decade on this topic except talk about this. We've now put ourselves in a position to do something about it. If we spend this money and it doesn't work a year from now, we don't have to repeat spending this money. Mm -hmm. We can decide to do something differently. We can learn from it. In fact, what has happened in community after community that have followed this protocol, homelessness has been reduced. So let's do this. So our viewers know what we'll do is we'll put the four, the four ask in there, and they include two caseworkers that will work with our, our homeless community. It includes uh, some some funding for housing first, and what's the what's the other one? Um, to make sure that we're using on permanently supportive housing um, the right criterion. We are a little weak on how we ramp that up so that the people who really need permanent supportive housing can be handled differently. And my uh, and then you did rapid rehousing, yep. and so rapid rehousing funds to be able to put some people in place. Sure. 
So we'll be discussing that among a few other things at our next budget meeting. And we've got our economic summit. We've got two of those coming up. They're going to really talk about the same thing. But the, as the mayor stated, the important thing is we want to hear from you because we are listening as we continue to focus on being more customer centric. And we, of course, want our our viewers out there, if you're thinking about starting a business or if you have a business and you're wanting to know how to Anything. navigate the landscape, this is a great opportunity for you. Come. We need Absolutely. You there. Well, thank you for all you thank do. You, it's a pleasure. That's quite a funky device you got there. I'll have to talk to you about that. <laughs> all right. That's um, how I take all my notes. A little bit later. Thank right. you. Thank you. Great yeah. to be with you. Thank you, sir. And we're going to next bring on Vanessa Triglia. She is with Kelly Recreation Complex. Vanessa? How are you with our Parks and Rec Department? Hiya, hiya, hiya. How's life? I'm loving it. Can't get any better. Get in closer. Mm, hi. Good? Yes. Awesome. And I don't know why. What's what going on here? About? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about basketball. Yeah, let's do that. Let me figure out what's going on with my computer right here. Why is right. it? Why is it? There we go. Just want to get your website up in the back okay. now. Appreciate it. So, what, tell us what you do at Kelly Recreation. Uh, well, in general, what we do. I know you do everything. Yes, we do a little bit of everything. Uh, we have a lot to offer at the Kelly Rec. You can come work out. You can take dance classes. Um, right now, we're gearing up for our youth basketball uh, season. So, registration is going on now for that. So, get all your, your kids in, registered. Uh, it's also, registration is going on also at Simpson Park Community Center. Um, if you have any questions on uh, registering your kids for that, call Kelly Rec or Simpson Park and we'll get you all set up. Um, we are also, if you, I know you want to coach a team, don't you? I'm sort of, my coaching days are over. Both my kids are past the coaching grade level and I've I, I put my time in. But oh, there could be some out there that are. We are looking for uh, volunteer coaches or scorekeepers. Um, so if you want to coach a team, Come on out, give us a shout. Um, we would love to have you if you're qualified, uh, know the game of basketball. Um, I don't know, what else? So tell us what all about the youth basketball program. I see you've got some, yep. some notes there. So the basketball program is for kids that are ages four to 15. Uh, at Kelly Rec, they do what's called a training league for kids that are four to seven. And they don't necessarily play games, they learn how to play the game. So they learn the fundamentals they do. of they basketball. They learn how to dribble, how to pass, how to shoot. Uh, at the end of the training, post up, right, box out. <laughs> they learn how to. Um, towards the end of the weeks, they they kind of try to play a game of basketball. Now, if you've ever seen uh, kids four years old try to play a basketball game, it's more of a comedy hour I've for seen the four year olds play soccer, basketball, yep. football, and it's their jerseys don't quite fit yes, them. And it's good stuff. It is. Uh, however, the, the four to seven-year-olds at Simpson Park actually do play games for the entire season. Uh, at Kelly Rec, if they're, if they're not as, at that skill level, we can teach them how to play the game. Well, that's good. So the age groups we have are um, for the actual league are 8 to 10 boys, 11 to 12 boys, and then we have a co-ed 13 to 15 league. And then we also have a league for girls that is 8 to 12. All right. And we're looking for coaches and uh, scorekeepers for all of that. And if you would like to uh, be a ref, we would love to have you come down and do that too. So this is a great opportunity for kids 
if they if you want to introduce them to the sport of basketball for one they've mm -hmm. never played and then you got a couple of great leagues yeah good stuff sure do and what else is going on at kelly rec we also have the pool there gandy pool yes anything uh, happening there um we have our normal daily operations we have open swim the pool opens at 5 a.m so if you want to come in and swim some laps we also have classes um, the aqua spin and uh, aqua yoga that they have. So if you're interested in anything like that, I did something there that was kind of cool. Oh, no. well, I've done aqua spin. That was that was fun. But I did the thing where that you got the floats and is that what is that aqua? That's not aqua yoga. Is it like aqua size? What uh, splasher size? Splasher size. And AJ was teaches, the AJ still teaches that. Yeah. So uh, and she's an excellent instructor. I believe. Don't quote me on this, but I think the class is every day at twelve o'clock. Um, and she still teaches that class. Well, that was a lot of fun, and it's it's kind of cool to go out there and get a little exercise in a pool. Yep. And you don't you wouldn't think that you sweat, but you you do. It's it, it's a lot of work, and AJ will put you to That's put you right. to work. And it's low impact, so it's good. For Absolutely. Your body. And the good thing about Kelly Rec is, as Vanessa stated, weight room. Tell us a little bit how someone can go to partake in the weight room or one of the classes. Um, yeah, we have well, we have tons of classes. But if you're just interested in coming to use the uh, treadmills or the the weight machines we have and maybe maybe some people might be a limited a little intimidated by that but anybody on our front desk staff can go and show you how the machines and the equipment works um, we can't put you necessarily on a on a program we have personal trainers that utilize our facility so if that's the route you want to take you can contact them but um, we have uh, weight machines we have free weights we have elliptical steppers uh, rowing machines, uh, bicycles, all of, all of that. Class-wise, um, like I said in the beginning, we have everything from, you know, yoga to belly dancing, if you want to learn how to do belly dancing. And I want to tell you, it's, it's pretty interesting that I was at Kelly Rec one night. We have Citizens Academy that you're going to hear us talk about in, in the upcoming months. But fencing. Correct. You've yep. got fencing. You've got... Uh, Zumba, you've got trampoline, judo, trampoline you've got jujitsu, mm -hmm. it's got trampoline exercising, it's, it really is an awesome facility. So if you want to get out and exercise or take a class, there's also various uh, programs for our seniors there as well. Yes, we, have, we do have pickleball. <laughs> if you don't know what pickleball is, it's an awesome uh, paddle sport. It's played, uh, well, we can play it outside as well on the tennis court, but Mainly, it's a, the indoor sport um, from 9 to noon each day during the week. And uh, I like to explain it that you pretend you're really small standing on a ping pong table. <laughs> but it's basically a paddle game with a wiffle ball. You play with a partner. You can play singles as well, but most people play with a partner. Yeah, doubles. Uh, and uh, they play to 21, and it's awesome. It's not as fast as tennis and uh, uh, not as slow as badminton. So... We are looking at doing a team building exercise with city staff. And today I mentioned pickleball. So you may see us out there. Maybe we'll do some little Facebook living of this of the communication staff doing a little team building yeah. exercise. It's an awesome it's an awesome sport to play. So Vanessa, how can someone go about exploring and learning more about not only Kelly Recreation Complex, but about all of the programming and parks that the city of Lakeland has. Well, we we would love for you to come and stop by the Kelly Recreation Complex and, and pick up one of our 
our books. It's called the Playmaker. Playmaker. It has information of all of our city facilities. So um, come grab that. If you see something in there you like, just contact the facility on that page. Um, I mean, we especially if you haven't come down to Kelly Rec, I it, encourage you to do so because it is a fabulous place. A lot of people come in for the first time and say to us, didn't even know you existed. Right. We didn't know you were here. And then they find out everything that we offer, and uh, they're they're really pleased with it. So. Well, Kelly Rec and Simpson Park are both crown jewels. And you can learn more. Go to lakelandgov.net and just click on departments. Go to Parks and Recreation. We have an awesome left-hand navigation for you there, so you can find anything. So visit a park, visit a recreation complex, just get out and exercise and have fun. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Appreciate and it. if you've got a kid that wants to play youth basketball, Come see us. And is there a number they could call? Uh, call Simpson Park at 834-2577, or you can call Kelly Rec at 834-3284. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Yep. My next guest, she needs a chair. <laughs> our next our next guest is Liz Holiday. Liz, how are you? Hello. I don't know why. I don't know why this is doing this to me today. It keeps minimizing the window. And I wanted to tack on to Vanessa's thing. Um, you can also go to lakelandgov.net slash basketball. That'll take you right to the basketball. Well, there you go. Look at there. Um, Liz is going to talk to us a little, bit, a little bit about some upcoming events. Yes. So there's always our events are always on lakelandgov.net slash events. Um, you can find our event calendar at the, on the homepage. But the ones that are coming up this week, there is... The Lakeland Food Truck Rally, that's going to be in Munn Park on Thursday, Thursday, and that's the second Thursday of every month. So that's coming up this week, and then as the mayor said, the Economic Inclusion Summit, again that's the 22nd and 25th, and the information is all on our calendar. So you can go to lakelandgov.net, you can click on the events, uh, and everything is listed here. We also have events that are taking place at the chamber, events that are taking place through the RP Funding Center. So this is really a, an awesome community calendar where you can go find out what's going on in your community. Yes, and, the, and you can also submit events if there's a community event going on. Do we have a news page? Is that a question? Yes, we do. Um, and if you see the City of Lakeland's homepage, you can go to latest news and upcoming events. And if you want to see all news, just Click on it, and there you go. Thank you. Great question. And we have a new one up this morning. Or you can type in lakelandgov.net slash news. There you that's go. A shortcut. Um, another event that's coming up is Plante Orchidium with RF Orchids, the legendary RF Orchids. We didn't get to have it last year because of the hurricane. So they kind of bumped it back in September, and it's going to be September 29th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Hollis Garden. So Hollis Garden, we have one of the most, the premier uh Orchid aficionados in the in the world. They come from South Florida, and they they're a grower of rare and exotic orchids. And they'll be here at our beautiful Hollis Garden, and you can buy an orchid or two or three or four. And they actually they actually go fast. A lot of people come from out of town just for this orchid show, so it's always recommended. It's, to it's go a early. reputable one of the top orchid growers in the world so that they're very well known yes and then next month early next month is um, october 6th is the lakeland cardboard boat challenge and lakes festival 
So if you haven't registered for that, there is still a little bit of time to register. It's on Eventbrite if you just search for the uh, Lakeland Cardboard Boat Challenge. You can actually register and um, and be one of the um, participants. participants. Yeah, participants. So, so that's kind of fun if you've never done it before. You can get a group together and you're supplied the cardboard and you can build a cardboard boat that then you can peat and you paddle that thing around Lake Hollingsworth and it's a lot of fun. Um, I did it many, many years ago and our boat sank, but we had this fat white guy in there and it just didn't work out well. But yeah, it is fun. Even if you don't participate, it's really fun to watch. And it see, is. See everyone trying. And Liz, how can we tell our viewers to stay informed and engaged? All right. Well, you can find us everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Nextdoor. Just type in Lakeland Gov and we are, we are there. And we're also on Vimeo and YouTube. So stay in touch with us that way. And definitely join us on Nextdoor if you're not there already. Because that's another great tool to find out what's going on in your neighborhood. And an easy way is at the bottom of our lakelandgov.net page, we have Get Connected, and you can see the various phone numbers, uh, our, our contact information for all departments, including those that are on the various social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Well, Liz, thank you very much, as always. I've been Kevin Cook. This is Liz Holiday, and we want to thank you for tuning in to our September edition of Access Live. Stay informed, stay engaged, and if you're looking for anything has to do with the city, we put everything on lakelandgov.net. And remember, you can follow us on social media on all platforms at LakelandGov. Thank you again.